Happy Thursday, or whenever you happen to be watching or listening to this, you have found your way to the 49ers Camelot Show. Whether you're here by mistake or intentionally, uh, we're glad to have you, excited to have you, and I'm excited to have our guest, the great Paul Hope, one of the busiest guys in the 49ers content creating community. Paul, what's up? Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on, Mark, and thank you for that introduction. Um, as we were saying off air, blown away by the love that I've been shown by the 49ers community across the pond. As the viewers watching have picked up, I'm in the northeast of England. Um, I support a team 5,000 miles away, and everyone's <laughs> always amazed, Mark, to hear my story and my journey. And to be fair, I can't knock what you've said. I am pretty busy, especially on social media, and my love for the team is well known. So thanks for having me on, buddy. I've been looking forward to this one. Yeah, it's like every time I you know, get on Twitter or whatever, I see Paul Hope. Uh, you're, and you're on people's podcasts all the time. You do your own. And so I, I see on the screen, if, if you're just listening to this, you can find Paul at Paul underscore Hope 10 or at 49er Faithful UK. So that's that's where you do your your own podcast, right? Yeah, so um, the 49er Faithful UK is the fan group over here in the UK. It's run by my good friend Lee Gowland, and he's recently promoted me to vice president. So he handed over the Twitter account, Mark, about 18 months ago to me. And as you've <laughs> said, I'm... I'm a big fan of all the content creators like yourself. Um, if I'm not on a show, I'm watching the show, I'm in the comments. I believe in supporting as many of you guys as I can. I don't watch any of the sports. I don't watch soccer. I don't. I have an interest mm -hmm. in basketball, but it's mainly the NFL for me and mm -hmm. the 49ers. And like you said, my free time is spent, you know, reading the content on Twitter. Um, and like you said, so I run both accounts. My, my Paul underscore Hope 10 is my personal one. And the 49 Faithful UK is the group one. Um, at the draft last year, Lee Gowland was lucky enough to be there. I was invited, Mark, but because I'd ruptured my Achilles tendon and oh. the medication that I was on, I wasn't able to fly. Um, I still remember getting the email from Nick Clark and the 49ers inviting me to the draft <laughs> and having to turn that down. But um, when Lee was in Vegas, I managed to get the 49 Faithful UK trending over the 49ers over the NFL and over the NFL draft. Nice. And the growth we've had on social media has been amazing. And I couldn't have done it without people like yourself. You notice what we're doing. You like the tweets, you reshare, and you have me on your show. So I'm excited to be here. Well, I tell you, if uh, if David Bonilla at 49ers Web Zone ever made the mistake of, of turning the 49ers Web Zone Twitter over to me, it would probably be a highlight of me on there. <laughs> so, but you're really humble and uh, and just a great guy. And so I'm excited to, to talk uh, through some things with you. Let's start with your journey. You talked about that uh, just a little bit, how you became a fan of the San Francisco 49ers. So the NFL has been growing in the UK. Um, I'm 42 years of age. I remember the greats, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, when I was at high school. And I've kind of always had a passing interest in this wonderful game of American football. But my actual journey started about 10 years ago. So it was the 2011-2012 season. Um, I changed jobs and I started work with a, a Bears fan. 
and he kept obviously on at me to watch games so he could come to work and have conversations with me. Then um, the season Kaepernick took over, ironically enough, um, the 49ers were playing the Bears on a Monday night and we'd had a, a dress down day at work. So he'd come to work in his uh, 54 Erlacher Bears jersey and he was like, you're going to watch that game tonight. <laughs> and I thought, you know what, Mark, I can't support the Bears. So I tuned in um, and I'd kind of been watching the 49ers on and off that season, but it was Kaepernick's first start. I fell in love with this dual threat mobile quarterback. And the next day when I was heading into the office, I purchased my first ever piece of 49ers merchandise. I bought a cap from a local sports <laughs> store. And when I walked into the office, my colleague was like blown away that one, I'd picked my team. And then my journey from there, I've never missed a game. So no matter what time, obviously it's 25 to nine, in the evening here in the UK, the time difference is a bit crazy. So I never miss a game. If it's the prime time game, that's a 1am start for us. So that means wow. finishing at like half four, five in the morning. And then because you're Ooh. so wired, you can't switch off. So I normally stay <laughs> yeah. up for another couple of hours and catch people like yourself on Twitter, jump on all the shows. And I normally take the next day off work, if I'm honest, Mark. So my partner's very supportive of my love for the 49ers because she knows that when that schedule's released in April, I get my annual leave from work. And the first thing I do is I book in all the time off around the team. So it's definitely a labor of love, one shall say, for the 49ers in the UK. That's really cool. I remember in 1995, so the 49ers were the defending Super Bowl champs. And I lived in Oklahoma at the time. And the 49ers were going to Dallas to play the hated Cowboys. This was when they were taking turns winning Super Bowls. And so in this particular game, you know, we went there expecting to watch Steve Young versus Troy Aikman, but Young didn't start because he was hurt. So Elvis Gerback played and then Troy Aikman got knocked out at the beginning of the game. So it was like Wade Wilson, I think was the one that came in. Uh, so that was disappointing, but the 49ers won big. Well, after the game, I I left and, and went back home from Dallas to Tulsa, where I lived. And I was so wired and so excited that I wanted to watch the, the game on TV because I had recorded it. And so I watched that whole game. And I, I got home late, like midnight or, or something like that. And I watched that whole thing and then had to get up at like 6.30 to go to work. So that was uh, that was kind of dumb. But I get, I get that... Uh, that, that feeling, you know, and I don't live as far as you, but I don't live in the Bay area. So I've always lived in the South. Um, right now I live in the Chicago area. So I've always lived a long way away from the team and, and that's hard sometimes, but I respect what the fact that you're faithful to the team. I grew up around Cowboys fans. So in the nineties, it was, it was, tough you know especially when the cowboys were beating the 49ers but uh, yeah i was going to ask you how late those games start uh, uh on those monday nights or sunday nights so let me ask you this if by chance the 49ers are playing in london this year which is very possible are you going to show up the day of the game or are you going, as soon as the schedule comes out, are you going to go ahead and just go to the stadium and pitch a tent then? So when we were talking about my, my journey, um, the 49ers came to London the next year after I'd started to support them, played the Jags at Wembley 2013. 
But at the time, due to financial constraints, family matters, I, I decided not to go back. I'd only been following the sport and I thought, they'll be back. And they've never come back. And it's been <laughs> one of my biggest regrets of my life, especially now that I've fully immersed myself in the team. Um, the year we lost the Super Bowl to the Ravens, I found myself arguing with a bunch of strangers on the street <laughs> in the northeast of England next day because I had my Niners hat on and some guys were heckling me. But um, oh, my good my, my good lady Tracy, we met later in life, Mark. So I met Tracy in 2018. And when you meet later in life, you talk about you know hopes and dreams. And she very quickly understood that it's my passion. I've never been to Levi's yet. That's on the bucket list, but... Early doors, she was told, if the Niners come back to London, the schedule's getting cleared and I will be there. <laughs> so we've got a good working relationship with Nick Clark. Um, you've probably seen on my social media that the 49ers threw a couple of official watch parties last year, which we'll get to in a moment. They were epic. But I have it on good authority that once it is announced, um, the Niners will be looking after us. They want to grow the spot over here. We've got the UK marketing right. So getting tickets for the 49 of April UK shouldn't be a problem. The biggest excitement will be finding out when the team come over and I have to make the decision, Mark, do I come down to London for the week that the team's over? Um, given that I'm in the content creating game, we do the podcasts. I mean, I live in Middlesbrough, which is about five, six hours drive away from London, which is obviously the capital. But um I will definitely be there, Mark, 100%, and I can't wait. We've got our fingers crossed that we play the Jags as the road team because that would mean it's at Wembley Stadium again, which I believe is slightly better for the transport links and everything else. The Tottenham Hotspur, Hotspur Stadium, get my words out, was custom-built for the NFL, but the surrounding mm. area isn't as great as what Wembley is. And I think that atmosphere has been the road team, but I have every confidence that the Red and Gold would take over if that gets announced. That would be so cool. I, I hope that that happens, uh, if if for no other reason for you, because I, I hope that you get to experience that. I've never been to to a 49ers home game. I've only been on the road uh, when they've played. And the last one that I went to was in 2017 in Indianapolis. And uh, the 49ers at that point had not won a game, and it was like halfway through the season. So that was, that was a, a horribly... Uh, disappointing season but uh, that was Kyle Shanahan's first so well let's get into the team go ahead I was just about to say um you asked about time difference so before we get into the team whenever I hear the name Brian Hoyer I instantly (laughs) get flashbacks to can you remember we played the Rams on a Monday night at Levi's and I think it finished 45 41 or it was a high scoring game Mm -hmm. if you think back Hoyer threw a pick six in the first seven seconds and it was really late in the UK. And I remember texting my good friend Lee Gowland saying, we're not going to win this game, are we? We've waited up <laughs> seven seconds in. And it's just to show that the 49er fans in the UK would be in there through thick and thin. It isn't just because Shanahan's took over and we've come back. I, I suffered yeah. the Jim Tom Sula years. I suffered the Chip Kelly years. And like you said, when you sent over the schedule for today, when you look at our team now, Mark, compared to where it was when Kyle first took over, I think it's why me and you were both sat here smiling. Yeah, and and that's that's why I think that that you guys are so faithful to the team because like we get here and I'm on Central Time, so if they play on a Monday night, I I'm getting to bed at a decent hour, you know. But you're, I mean, you're coming in late, and so that that really takes a lot of commitment, and and I applaud that. Um, 
But yeah, let's let's get into the team because I want to talk about uh, things that are going on in the offseason. See what you think about that. The 49ers have lost several free agents so far. Which ones do you think have hurt the team the most? So this is a very good question uh, when you sent this through. And you look at who we've lost and you think, I know you, you have to prepare yourself in the NFL with the salary cap. You can't pay everybody. Um, I don't know if you saw on Twitter that um, argument about would you trade Bosa for Lamar and you get into the logistics of the contract and you think <laughs> it, it, it's not happening. But out of all the ones that we've lost, um, the one I'm going to hang my hat on at the moment is Ridgeway. I think he mm. was really good last year in that yeah. defensive line. Um, we did really well at rotating them around and no surprise to me that he's followed. He's gone down to the Texans, but people might think it's a strange one given that we signed Hargrave, which to be fair, I did not expect us to take the top free yeah. agent of the ESPN's <laughs> top 100. But um, for me, I think we've shown that the way we do business markets, we're not going to mortgage the future. We're not going to do what the Rams do. I think we would have liked Ridgeway to stay, but we've got a price similar to what we did with Tomlinson last year. Um, we, we gave him our offer. He went and got paid more at the Jets. So for me, I think Ridgeway, I mean, I am confident in that T.Y. McGill or um, mm -hmm. you say Kinlaw, he's still on the team. I know <laughs> the, the jury's still out. But for me, I think given how we played last year, I think for me, the other ones that we lost could be well replaced, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm actually more confident in Kevin Givens than I am Javon Kinlaw. I just don't, uh, I don't have very much confidence in him. Uh, Hassan Ridgeway, that's, that's an interesting pick and, and, and you, you could be onto something there. I don't think that he's going to be quite as big of a, a, of a loss as DJ Jones was the year before, but uh, the depth of that defensive line is, is really important. And that's, and he was a good depth piece. And so, yeah, that's a good choice. And I like that you didn't go with Jimmy Ward or, you know, uh, Emmanuel Mosley. Those, those are the obvious ones. Those are easy. Uh, but yeah, good. Uh, that was a good call. So what about uh, wh which free agent signing do you think is going to help the most? If, if, if we're talking who hurts the most to lose, then who helps the most to gain? I mean, I may have given it away, but I already mentioned his name. Um, we went live on the Monday night in the 49 for UK when free agency broke, and we didn't expect to be sat there, Mark, talking about Hargraves. <laughs> I mean, the NFC Championship game is still raw for all of us. We had an official watch party, so I was with about 200 UK faithful, and the second mm. Purdy got injured. Wow. But you can't take anything away from the way the Eagles played that day, and I think the fact that our defensive line is our strength. The fact that we've got Armstead, we've got Borsa, but we've gone and we've immediately weakened the Eagles. Um, and I know as 49ers fans, and I'm probably one of the biggest fans you'll meet, I am very biased with my red and gold tinted glasses, <laughs> but I was very pleased to see Jason Kelsey come out recently on his podcast and say what a, a signing it'll be for the 49ers, how much Hargreave is a great player. He'll add to that locker room. And I think for me, like you said, I don't think Ridgeway is going to be the loss as an immediate starter. It was more the depth, like you've said, and I didn't want to go down the obvious route. I thought I'd try and be a little bit different for you. But <laughs> I think yeah. Harg I think 
for me, it seems the obvious one. He's the biggest splash in free agency. Yeah. It's the one that we all wanted the team to take. Uh, and I'm excited to see him. That 93 in beside Armstead, in beside Borsa. And I think it just adds a scary dimension to an already scary front seven. Do you like Isaiah Oliver, that choice? Looks like he might be the slot uh, or the, the nickel corner. So I'm kind of going to give an answer to one of my questions, one of your questions away. So as I've okay. said, my good friend Lee Gowland was um, lucky enough to be in Vegas last year for the draft and he announced the Sammy Womack pick. So you'll have ah. probably seen on Twitter that Samuel Womack is a firm favourite of the UK faithful. There's three 26 jerseys already on this side of the pond. So we have high <laughs> hopes for our 26 to maybe take that role. But with regards to the signing of Oliver, I thought it was solid. I didn't think it was splashy. I didn't mm -hmm. think it was the most exciting of signings. But when I've gone and watched the game tape and I've, and I've done the reading and... I maybe shouldn't share this, but each watch party we had last year, Mark, the 49ers lost. And oh. Oliver was a one of them reasons when he when, when yeah. we signed him, I immediately remembered the uh, interception <laughs> against Jimmy because I was stood with a lot of Niners fans and the groans went around. But I think he's a good piece. I think he probably will edge out Warmack at the moment as it stands at the start of the season. But um, yeah, I was, I was quite pleased with the signing, to be honest. I know I've seen a bit of mixed reviews on social media but for me i think he's going to be a good depth piece yeah i i, I think he's a good signing but I, i'm also high on womack uh, as well so give me your thoughts on when they signed sam darnold i my initial thought was he's clearly qb3 but then i i've been hearing uh people in the 49ers community and i'm not talking you know, I'm not talking just fans like us who who create content, but even some media people who are saying he's going to be he's going to end up playing ahead of Trey Lance. I still don't believe that. But what did you think about that signing when it happened? And what do you think about it now? Because, again, when when did John Lynch speak last last uh that was at the at the combine, wasn't it? And he did not sound to me like he was really endorsing Trey Lance. I asked Matt Barrows about that if I was overreacting uh, to to that, you know, to the thinking that that John Lynch was already saying that uh, that Trey Lance, like, because he said something like, "We're gonna, Brock Purdy showed what he could do when he took the opportunity and ran with it." and we're just going to have to try and get Trey Lance some reps. And, and to me, that was a, a big statement. Matt said that he thought that I probably was overreacting to it, but what are, what are you thinking about the quarterback in uh, position, especially uh, with, with Sam Darnold coming in? Well, first of all, I don't believe you were overreacting. So um, Jason Aponte, Brad Graham, Steph Sanchez, they were all at the Combine. And on their shows the days after, they were saying the vibe they got is it was Brock Purdy's team. And obviously it was Jason that managed to ask John about the quarterback question. And you're right, I don't think he, he came across very confident. Um, Non-49ers fans on this side of the pond have taken great delight in winding me up about the Darnold signing, what it means for Trey Lance. I think there's a lot of hate for Trey Lance from non-49ers fans purely because of what we gave up to get him. Mm -hmm. And you think back to this time last year, 
we wanted Trey to attack OTAs, which he did. The team put him in the training camp. Obviously, the Chicago game was a washout, which was our first watch party. Um, and then he got that freak injury against Seattle. Now, for me, it's Trey Lance's team. He's QB1. Um, the Darnold signing, I can't lie to you. When the news first broke, we were live at 8 p.m. in the UK. And someone put it in the comments. The 49ers have signed Darnold. And we were like, Sam Darnold? Why have we signed <laughs> Sam Darnold? And then you take the emotion out of it and you go away and you read up and you think, well, he's 25. You know, he's well known for his competitiveness at USC. And you think, given our record with quarterbacks and injuries, you think he's an upgrade on what Jimmy gave us as QB3. Kyle Shanahan likes him. He tried to give the Jets a first round pick for him, which thankfully the Jets turned down. And I think for me, it's kind of, there's no risk involved with us picking Darnold up. I was quite high on Mariota. I know Larry Kruger and a few others were. But when I look at his age, I look at how much he's cost, I look at what he's bringing to the team, I'm quite happy. But for me, I think we go into the season, Trey Lance, QB1, Darnold, QB2, and it gives Purdy that time to get fit and come back. So I'm quite pleased with the side. And now I've had time to digest it. But at first, I'm not going to lie, Mark. I was like, oh, not Sam Darnold. <laughs> so... I, I heard Jake DeLome on KNBR last week, and he he actually had Tommy John surgery late in his career, and he said that he was ready to play in six months. So what he said is that he started throwing a, a Nerf football after four months, and then in two months, he was cleared to play. Now, that's different from what we've heard all along that uh, that that the Tommy John surgery would have been much longer, nine months, maybe a year. And so he was saying that he he thinks based on his situation and based on the fact that Brock Purdy did not have Tommy John, that he thinks that Purdy would be ready for week one, which would be stunning to me. I don't see how that would be possible. But let's say that Brock Purdy misses September. Let's say that he's out for four weeks and then he returns, but the 49ers have been winning. Trey Lance is playing well. You, you called Trey Lance QB1 just a minute ago. So do you think that Purdy gets his job back if Trey Lance is playing really well? Or do you think that Trey is the guy moving forward at that point? I think the good thing for 49ers and 49ers fans is we're in a win now mode. We're in that win now window. And I think in that scenario, if the 49ers are playing well, if we're winning, I can't see how they would rush Brock Purdy back in there. It's a great problem to have, isn't it? You think if Trey Lance is steering the ship and we're winning and then a healthy Brock Purdy comes back, because as George Kittle said, who can say it better than me, Purdy's never lost in the NFL. So how can he lose his job? <laughs> but I feel like I've come full circle in my fandom because when Kaepernick got the starting job, a lot of people mm -hmm. thought it wasn't right that Alex Smith came back from the concussion and didn't get his job back. And I think Kyle Shanahan basically wants to win. We all want yeah, to win. Right. It's not as if like um, Justin Fields and the Bears last year, he was their only offense, Lamar at the Ravens, where I think Trey Lance, the, the problem I've got, Mark, is I think Trey's on a tight leash. I think if we start the season slow, which we traditionally do, if we're not winning, and then if Purdy is kind of, in the background and like you said the reports are he's training well i just don't want to see the team rush purdy back because mm -hmm. worst case scenario is trey struggles 
Purdy comes in too soon, gets injured again, and then I kind of I'm getting a bit kind of uh, PTSD from all this quarterback talk. When we <laughs> traded for Trey, we all I thought know. as content creators that we we had the future sorted, but. I would like to see Trey come in and do well. I'd like to see the team give him the chance because he hasn't been given the chance, Mark. Um, obviously, the injury he had last year was a freak injury. But the Tommy John surgery, I'd never heard of that prior to Brock getting injured. And I've Googled that. I've read up on it. I've searched it up. So I think the, the positive news is he didn't need the Tommy John. But not that I'm comparing myself to an elite athlete, but... This time last year, I'd, I'd ruptured my Achilles tendon. First serious injury I'd ever had. The doctors told me I was going to be a year before I could even think about running again, before I could put any mm. weight on it properly. Wow. And I went back to amateur sport in September. I attacked my rehab. I did everything I was told to do. And I think Brock Purdy's competitiveness, we may need to protect him from that. Because I think if he's been told six months, I think he's going to try and do everything in his power to break that six months. But we just need to be careful with him, in my opinion. Yeah, and and I'm kind of with you. You know, our our heads are always spinning having to talk about the quarterbacks. In the last two off seasons, this one and last year, we've had to talk about receivers more than we wanted to with Debo Samuel um, and in his comments last year. Did you see what Brandon Ayuk said or what he tweeted? Uh, he he wrote one K. As the fourth option in a run-first offense, I'm as real as it gets. I'm ready to stand on business every time. So one, so he's talking about a thousand yards receiving as the fourth option in a run-first offense, and and yes, they they are built on uh, on the running game. But the 49ers actually threw the ball more this past season than they ran the ball. So I don't know if they're still. Into, I think with Jimmy, they're they're run first with, with trade. They're probably run first with Brock. They might be throw first, but, uh, but that doesn't matter. I, he, he probably is the fourth option, but he might, might be the, if I was calling the plays, I might have him as the, the first option because I think he's that good. But what did you think about his comment? Do you, nothing to it. Uh, just another player writing something that uh, probably means nothing or, or do you think that uh, there might be something to this? I don't think it means nothing. So I run the social media for the 49 Faithful UK. Like you've said, I'm, I'm, I'm very busy. I'm always on there. And I think the generation, I have teenage daughters. <laughs> and my teenage daughter's always the 16-year-old. The She's always scrubbing her Instagram and then putting the pictures back on. And this time last year when I was getting asked about Debo, and I was like, it, it's a negotiation tactic. It's mm -hmm. what they do. Some people don't like it. Um, I know Stefan Diggs has just done it. He scrubbed the bills off his Instagram and people think, oh, grow up. And, but at the <laughs> end of the day, it's a business. They're trying to get paid. Now, yeah. interestingly for me, I'm not as unbiased as what I should because I love Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I won his jersey recently at a fan meetup. But this time last year, I was really loving the connection with Trey and Brandon. And when we do our season preview, I was very bold and I called the thousand yards. I said that he was going to be our number one receiver. Now, I don't think he's our best attacking player. Obviously, we've got CMC now. You've got Debo, mm -hmm. you've got Kittle. But I think as a, a true receiver, I think Brandon Ayuk has shown he's number one. And I agree with you. I think the fourth choice could be taken that he's looking at CMC, he's looking at Debo, he's looking at Kittle. It doesn't necessarily mean we're a run heavy team because I've said that to non-49ers fans when you go back to when Jimmy came in we passed the ball a lot more it was as if Kyle Shanahan realised 
he had to change his philosophy because teams were stacking the box. Um, yeah. I think Brandon Ayuk, if you asked him, Mark, he wants to get paid. But it's not what the 49ers do. We, we don't pay players at this time. Look back to Debo and everyone kept saying, oh, we're going to trade him before the draft. And it was, chill out. It's going to be done at training camp. It's the same with Bosa. <laughs> I'm not worried about Nick Bosa. I'm not worried about the reports I've seen tonight before we've come live that, you know, our salary cap's really low. How are we going to afford the draft class? And I think the team's being consistent with what they do. I would be devastated to see Ayuk traded. Um, I don't think it's something we will do, but I don't think he gets the deal that he wants at this stage of the season anyway. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that he's uh, I, he's a huge part of this offense. The guy is smooth and he's a filthy route runner. And so I'd, I'd like to see him get, get him the ball down the field a little bit more uh, because I, I think that he's really good. So here's the big question. The most important question that I'm going to ask you today. Are the 49ers better right now than they were before the NFC championship game started? Personally, I'm always known as Mr. Optimistic glass half full. So when I saw your question come through, I thought you might grow on. Cause for me, we are the Hargrave sign and showed that. The fact that we've got a stronger QB room where everyone's fit. Now, I'm not going to knock Jimmy too much. I bought into the hype. I bought a Jimmy jersey. I wanted him to be the QB. But if you take that element, if you look at some of the pieces we've added, Hartfield, Oliver, you look at the um, the draft capital that we've got, you look at the fact that I'm quite excited for Wilkes. I loved Ryan's. But I mm-hmm. think the fact that we've kept the coaching staff around them. So personally, I think the team's looking good. Now, I'm not saying other teams in the AFC haven't made moves. Um, the Lions have really surprised me. I actually have a friend who's a Lions fan and he's been long suffering and he's very optimistic and some of the key pieces they've picked up. But personally, I think the fact that we've strengthened in a position of need, I look at our roster and I think people forget we've still got CMC. We've still got Kittle. We still got Ayuk, we still got Debo, and there's others that I could throw in there. But for me personally, Mark, I think we are as strong as what we could be, and I'm expecting a push for the playoffs next year. Obviously, health is key. The draft's coming up. We've got a few pieces to tie, and I'm not saying we're a complete roster by any stretch of imagination, but I do think we're in a good position, and I think there's 31 other teams out there looking at what we're doing, and I think we're definitely going to be on that list of contenders when the season starts. Yeah, I, I, I agree for the most part. I'm not quite ready to say that the 49ers are better right now than they were going into the NFC Championship game. And obviously I say going into that because Brock Purdy was healthy. Um, so his to me, his injury is a really big factor. And the fact that they've lost a lot of free agents, that concerns me. But with Javon Hargrave coming in, that makes this defensive line much better than it was before uh, before the NFC Championship game. It makes it better. It makes Philly's defensive line worse. It makes the 49ers' defense better. And I, I think that this defense is going to terrorize quarterbacks this coming year uh, because Steve Wilkes is aggressive. And I think that with that defensive line, with Bosa, Armstead, uh, Hargrave, maybe Drake Jackson turns out to be who uh, who we all hope that he's going to be. Uh, with just those four guys right there, I I think that they're going to put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. So I think that uh, I think that they're going to be really good. 
is there anything else this off season um, that you're that you're wanting to see them do, whether it's free agency or a specific position in the draft that you want them to address? I still think we could do with an edge. I like Drake Jackson. Um, I think the Ferrell that we picked up from the Raiders, I think they've got in mind that he might be a two-down player and then Jackson might come in. Um, I'm excited, like you said, Wilkes being aggressive. I think he's going to utilise Hufanga in the Blitzen a lot more, uh, which I think will play it with strengths. We know Hufanga likes to be aggressive and likes to be a bit of a ball hawk. The offensive line, the lad from the Giants, his name escapes me. I think he's a plug-in for Brunskill. I like the fact that we signed Brendel back. Um, I know a few people weren't. They were on the fence. If Brendel went, then we'd have to look at another centre. But I quite like that we've got continuity at that position, which we haven't had. If you look back, if Brendel had gone, we'd be looking at yet another centre. Um, I don't think there's glaring holes. I think what we've done in free agency allows us to approach the draft looking at the best player available. And it also gives us that flexibility with the 11 picks. Do we package some picks up together? Do we jump up and get someone? Do we not? I also think as well that some of the signings we've made have been underrated. We have lost a lot of people, like you said. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say we haven't. But when you look around at some of the other teams in the league and you think, I mean, you look at the Eagles, not only have they lost players, but they've lost a huge part of their coaching staff as well. So you could argue the Eagles are a lot worse than they were. At the Brock Purdy injury, you're right in what you're saying. I'm just trying to be optimistic with Trey. I'm trying to be optimistic with the QB room. But um, I'm looking forward to the draft. I don't have any draft crushes for you because <laughs> the college football on a Saturday, Saturday night's my family night. So my good lady was like, there's no way you're watching football <laughs> on a Saturday. So what I do, Mark, when free agency starts, I immerse myself in the content creators, the articles that come out, and I start to read up on these prospects. But last year, I fell in love with far too many that we had no chance of getting. And because <laughs> we're not due to pick until the third round, I'm trying to stay away from that. But um, we'll yeah. be doing a few mock drafts on the 49 Faithful UK. We use the PFF simulator for that. Um and I'm just excited to see what the team do. We also like to pick up players after the compensatory period has ended. We like those picks. So at the moment, I think the teams have reached out to players. But the, we're very strict, aren't we, Mark, with our, our budget. This is what we want mm -hmm. to give you. And some players might say no. And we're just sat now waiting to see. But um, I would like to see us take a chance on Justin Houston. I think for a one-year deal, get him in and then maybe draft his replacement and then let him be in the build at the same time. That's one thing that I would like us to do. How about okay. you? Is there anything you want us to do that I yeah, haven't def mentioned? Definitely edge. Uh, that that would be the biggest thing. I think depth along the defensive line period uh, would be good. I, I'd like to see more depth uh, along the offensive line. To me, I was hoping that Colton McKivitz wouldn't be the guy that they would upgrade at right tackle. But they... I, right now it seems like they're pretty content, but I think you made a good point in the fact that they, a lot of times they'll wait till that period so that they don't miss out on getting com compensatory picks the, the, uh, the, the following year. And so, yeah, later this off season, they, they very well could uh, grab some, some guys for sure. Um, one more question. You mentioned Talanoa Hufanga. He made a big leap from his rookie year to his sophomore season. Is there any young player, whether it's a second-year guy or a third-year guy, anybody that you kind of see making a big leap 
in 2023. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm smiling. We'd love to see Womack take that leap. Um, we were impressed with how he came into the team last year. Those picks against Green Bay were unbelievable in the preseason game. Um, if this is going to be Trey's team, I would like to see Danny Gray. Um, I was quite high on him last year, but that speed threat that he had. So they would be the two that I'm looking out for, Mark, Danny Gray and Warmack. Like I said, selfishly for Warmack, if he becomes half to play league, Owl and thinks he's going to be, because we've seen that draft announcement video far too many times, which to be fair to Lee, Mark, I would have that on loop on my social media because we were blown away that he got the opportunity. But I think... He needs to grab that opportunity with the, the, the mm-hmm. departures that we've had in free agency. I think this is his time. And I think if he doesn't grasp that opportunity, then he, we may not see the best of him. But Warmack is the one that I'm expecting to see a big leap this year. That's a great choice. And you mentioned Danny Gray. That would be a, another one. Um, so great job, Paul. Thanks. You can follow Paul at Paul underscore hope 10 or at 49er faithful UK. That's not 49ers faithful. It's 49er faithful uk and you can follow me on twitter at 49ers camelot uh find find the 49er faithful uk podcast on twitter or are you guys wherever people listen or is it just uh, or not twitter but uh youtube are, are you just on youtube or are you everywhere so the 49er faithful uk podcast is where you get all your podcasts from apple podcasts podbean um but we've just dipped our toe into the market of YouTube. So we have a weekly Tuesday show. So you'll Mm -hmm. have to correct me with the time. So it's 8 p.m. UK on a Tuesday, which is 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Uh, All the way around, sorry. No, it would be 3 p.m. and then uh, 1 p.m. Pacific. So the reason we went with that time is we're trying to give the UK market a bit of a taste of what, the content creators do because not everybody absorbs as much content as I do. So myself, Nick Ludlum do the 49 Faithful UK live. Um, but the podcast at the moment, it's a bit quiet, Mark, because in season we do a preview get before the game and then we mm-hmm. do a review after the game. Wow. Um, we were also lucky enough to host the 49ers live supporters club event, the 49ers last year. So that was something pretty awesome that the 49ers trusted for, chaps from the UK to run their podcast. Um, obviously, the likes of Brad Graham and Wayne Breezy have hosted multiple ones. But um, if anyone's in doubt, just hit me up, Mark. I always tweet the links out. I always say where we can get the, the podcast from. And I do appreciate you promoting our content there. It is much appreciated. And go follow Mark. Hit the like button. Turn on those notifications <laughs> because your articles are awesome. But we want to get your content out there to more people, Mark. I appreciate it. Uh, It's been a pleasure, Paul. I appreciate you coming on. And it's always fun to talk to you. Y'all go follow Paul. Go follow the uh, 49er Faithful UK.